0: Abba Father, uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to meet here uh, on your Shabbat. I I ask you to please uh, be with us today. Let the words uh, that are said today uh, be to unify our fellowship, to edify your kingdom, and not to create division. I ask you to please uh, give us the wisdom and discernment to work through many years of misunderstandings and let it all be to worship you in the way in which you want to be worshipped. I thank you for such an amazing day, such an amazing family. In Yeshua's name I pray, amen. All right, so Acts 21, where do we find ourselves? Uh, Let me see. So... I must forewarn you, this is probably one of the more difficult chapters in the book of Acts. There are three really controversial chapters, right? Acts 10, 15, and then 21. Uh, Those are, if if you fail to understand any of those chapters, misconceptions can actually, or misunderstandings can actually uh, occur. And that leads to confusion, and God is not the god of confusion, so everything um, everything that he tells you through his word and through prayer should be the should be truth and you we're to test these the spirits right and we test the spirits by going back to his word, every spirit will lead you back to the word of God uh so, any if you guys have any questions, just let me know, and I'd be glad to clarify anything I say today. So we begin Acts twenty one one. After we had torn ourselves away from the Ephesian elders, we set sail, <clears throat> made a straight run to Cos. The next day, we went to Rhodes. Right, let me see. I think I had a pretty cool little map there. But um anyway, so he finds himself at, let me see, right there, costs like little tiny island right there, right? At this point, they're using little, small little cargo vessels, right? Just to go island hopping, right? There's no such thing as passenger ships. So they're just live cargo, pretty much. They're little tiny ships that go from island to island to island, right? And they're trying to make their way eventually to Jerusalem. So they're going to go aboard these little tiny ships all the way just hopping until they get to a, a port that happens to have bigger ships that are seaworthy to make all the way, make it all the way across the Mediterranean or, you know, in the open sea. So that's where they are right now. Um, <clears throat> excuse, let me take a drink of water. Okay, so they are in Rhodes, and from there to Patara. On finding a ship that was crossing over to Phoenicia, we embarked and set sail. After sighting Cyprus, which is right there, so there were Patara's like right over here, and then, so they started just heading over here, and they passed it at their, on the left. They sailed to Syria and landed at Zor. Because because that was where the ship was unloading its cargo. After uh, having searched out the the disciples there, we remained for a week. Guided by the Spirit, they told Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. So this is the, what is it, the second, third warning of somebody telling Paul, hey, bad things are awaiting for you there. Don't go. Well in the previous teaching uh, chapter 20 we, he says that the spirit compels him to go to Jerusalem right? So, so you find yourself he finds himself compelled to go to Jerusalem and all his disciples are telling him do not go. Um, uh, interesting right? That um, When the week was over we, we left to continue our journey. All of them with their wives and children accompanying us until we were outside the town, kneeling on the beach and praying. We said goodbye to each other. Then we boarded the ship and they returned home. So again, concerned for for his safety, they're warning him. They're telling him not to go, right? He's going to get a, a couple more warnings of, of this, but we start seeing a pattern there that could be confusing if you don't, understand that the overall plan and that is the holy spirit is telling paul to go and he and he's telling his disciples to tell him not to go does that make sense that that's is that god being divided against himself no right that's definitely not so when the, when the voyage from Zor was over we arrived at uh, let me see, You oh, sorry, Ptolemais, where we greeted uh, the brothers and stayed uh, stay with them overnight. So they went from Zor all the way to Ptolemais, then eventually they're going to make it to Caesarea, right? The following day we left and came to Caesarea, where we went to the home of Philip, the pro- proclaimer of the good news, one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters with the gift of prophecy. You guys remember Philip? Yeah, the guy from what, chapter six? One of the chosen seven to look out after the Greek-speaking widows to ensure that they were given their fair share of, of the goods. Um, this is that same Philip. Uh, we while we were staying there, a prophet named Agab came came down from Yehuda to visit to visit us. Who's Agab again? No, is it no? Chapter eleven. So Agav, in chapter eleven, he prophesies that there's going to be a famine in the Roman Empire, yeah. and it and it happened. So he is a credible prophet, right? So he passes the Deuteronomy thirteen test. Um, so he must. Uh, there's really no no specifics as to who, who he is or whether he is a believer or not. But it seems that he comes into the picture a couple times there and wondering, um, don't really know what his relationship is with the disciples, but he seems to be prophesying to them all the time. Uh, So he took Paul's belt, tied it up around his own hand and feet and said, here's what the Holy Spirit says. The man who owns this belt, the Judeans in Jerusalem will tie him up just like this, And hand him over to the Gentiles. When he heard this. Or when we heard this. Both we and the people there. Begged him not to go to Jerusalem. Yet again right. But Paul answered. What are you doing? Crying and trying to weaken my resolve. I am prepared not only to be tied up. But even to die in Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord Yeshua. So this, again, another warning, right? The Spirit is compelling His disciples. I, I think what is happening, the Spirit is telling His disciples what is going to happen. So He's revealing the his part of His plan to them, right? And them being human and caring for Paul are telling him, hey, harm awaits you. Do not go there. Uh, Paul, at this point, very mature in his faith, He understands that something that every believer eventually, as they continue their journey through faith, they will eventually understand. It is not about your personal safety. Who here believes that the will will of God is less than your personal safety? Um, Unfortunately, it is all for the greatness of his kingdom and look at across the world. Right, We, we sit here in America and it's a very comfortable, easy faith, right? We, we experience very little persecution here while other people across the world are just getting blown up and decapitated. They understand that concept. That it is about the greatness of his kingdom and not about their personal safety right and this is what paul has come to understand in his maturity of faith that it's not about him it's about god and 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 when he would not be convinced we said may the lord's will be done and kept quiet so there they understood what he was talking about right Um, they warned him, he knew it, he accepted it. God still told him to go, so he was going to obey God rather than men. At the end of our stay, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. And with us, went some of the disciples from Caesarea, they brought us to the home of the man whom we were to stay. Nazon from Cyprus, who had been a um, a disciple since the early days. Yeah, which this was probably good, right? Since it was uh, he was making it into Jerusalem for one of the mandated pilgrimages that every every Jew must make at that time. So they say the population in Jerusalem probably increased you know times four in, in a matter of a couple of days. So having somebody there who would have you over? It was, I guess, it was not only they were not only glad to host people over, but uh, they saw it as a duty to actually provide uh, a home for the people making the pilgrimage over up to Jerusalem. Since I'm sure finding um, a place to stay would be pretty difficult. Um, <clears throat> In Jerusalem, the brothers re- received us warmly. The next day. Paul and the rest, and the rest of us went to, um, to see, um, Yaakov or James in all the, um, in all the elders present after greeting them, Paul described in detail, each, each one of the things God had done among the Gentiles through his efforts. Uh, so he's, he's coming to meet, um, um, James. And, you know, I'm sure that they have not seen each other for, I guess, as far as the scriptures are concerned, for about 14 years or so, right? Since the last time they saw each other, chapter 15. On hearing it, they praised God, but they also said to him, You see, brother, how many tens of thousands of believers there are among the Judeans, and they are all zealous for the Torah, Ooh, wait. That presents a problem. (laughs) Or does it? No? Yes? Maybe? So it is here this opportunity that he uh the very first opportunity that Paul gets, right? To say, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, pump the brakes. What did you just say? Zealous for the law. Hmm. But he says nothing, right? So it... So James continues, now what they have been told about you is that you are teaching all the Jews living among the Gentiles to apostatize from uh, Moses, telling them not to have a circumcision for their sons and not to follow the traditions. And what does Paul reply? Absolutely, that is exactly what I've been telling them, right? Have you not read my letter to the Galatians? I wrote it about what uh, I'd say about you know five to you know six years before before I you know before this day. So they he would have been talking to him somewhere around here, right? The letter to the Galatians was written there, give or take somewhere around there. I mean, there's like all kinds of different. Sources and stuff. And, and so you start looking at that. It by, by that point, that letter, which is one of the more complicated letters to understand, right? He could have used this. The Pharisees could have used this to, to convict him, right? They could have said, okay, well, there is a letter out there that you wrote. That convicts you of all these charges that we are putting up against you, that you are teaching against the Torah, against God's law, against you know, against all the other, um, all these other charges that we're bringing up against you. Uh, but he said nothing, right? What then is to be done? This is James still talking. They will, they will certainly hear that you have come. So, do what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take them with you, be purified with them, and pay the expenses connected with having their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that there is nothing to these rumors which they have heard about you, but that on the contrary, you yourself stay in line and keep the Torah, God's law, right? So he is uh, what they, what he is talking about here, and many theologians will agree that the, uh, James is talking about the Nazarite the Nazarite vow, right? It, it is a Nazarite vow, which was uh, if you go to Numbers six. All right, so in numbers, there we go. <clears throat> all right, so in number six, the Nazarite vow, right? This is this was a way for him to prove that he was still following God's law. That all the all the rumors that people were talking about him teaching people to walk away from the law of God to abolish it where not true and so he goes through with it right he, um, so here's what a Nazarite vow consists of this is God speaking tell the people of Israel when either a man or a woman makes a special kind of vow the vow of a Nazir consecrating himself to Adonai he is to abstain from wine other intoxicating liquor, he is not to drink vinegar from either from either source, he is not to drink uh, grape juice, and he is not to eat grapes or raisins. As long as he remains a nazir. He is to eat nothing derived from, from the grapevine, not even grape skins or seeds. Uh, throughout the period of his vow as a nazir, he is not to shave his head until the end of the of the time of, for which he has consecrated himself to Adonai. He is to be holy. He is to let the hair on his head grow long. Uh, Throughout the period uh, for which he has consecrated himself to to God, he is not to approach a corpse. So as not to make himself unclean, ritually unclean. Um, So this, any man or a woman could, uh, enter uh, this vow with God, right? What, what is the purpose of this vow? Was that? Right, it's 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 a way for a regular person as God goes into separating the Levites for himself. This is a a way for a person to maybe be separated for God for a certain period of time, right? Uh, usually, traditionally it was, what, uh, 30 days? Is that what the, tr- they the traditional vow was? And then uh, they started coming up with different uh, different days. This one happened to be seven days, right? Uh, the, um, the way in which a vow was carried out, uh, as many of you guys know the story of uh, Sansom, Samson, yeah, uh, he was from birth, right? He, uh, he took—he was a, a Nazir from, from birth, uh, but again, he could not cut his hair, right? It was the same—the same thing here. Those people that he was about to pay for their sacrifices would have uh, gone through the same thing. Um, I would say somewhere around here, definitely for me, it would have been—it would have been definitely the woe pump the brakes, you're telling me that I got to pay for how many, how many animals, right? So you, you've you got one male lamb on his first year without defect, one female lamb on his first year, one ram, and then a basket of matzah, loaves made with flour, olive oil, 11 bread wafers, more olive oil. It's... Grain and its drink offerings, right? For four people plus himself, that would have been what? That's right, almost ten thousand dollars that he would have paid with in today's standards. And this is this is at the top of the charts here that I I, I was looking up. Okay, how much how much is a female lamb on its first year? And it's like oh, about three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars. I was like, okay, because it must be perfect. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about like you know. Uh, Gluten-free, fair trade, you know, uh, all these other things, right? Like, absolutely perfect. Then you're like, okay, let's, you know, put another $100 on there. Because of the special care of raising this, you know, these animals. So you're talking about, yeah, about $8,500. It would have cost him. That's a lot of money. What was that? Was
1: that an money?
0: Well, this is the equivalent of today's standard. I'm just giving you, a, you know, okay. yeah, they didn't have dollars back then. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, so it it that was at the end of once their once their vow was over, these were the sacrifices which way they they were to offer, right? And which is the reason why they say, okay, this is commanded. To end the vow, which um, somebody brought up a, a really good point. Can we enter a into a Nazarite vow today in this day and age? There's, there's no so can we enter it? Huh. Yes, well, absolutely, you can. Huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> You just cannot conclude that vow. That's absolutely right, because there is no temple. There's no Levitical priesthood. Yes, ma'am. To be set apart for God. So it, it was. Um, um, it was like as uh, the opportunity to be able to serve God in the temple. If, is that yeah? That that is right, right? To, yeah. So, so so yeah. So you were. Yeah, you were separated. You were a, a bit more special, right? The opportunity to get closer to, to God's presence in the temple. And because of that, there was a certain, uh, a certain thing that you had to do. Now, remember the temple still standing here. Uh, it has been somewhere around, what would you say, about? 30 years since Yeshua died and resurrected and ascended into heaven. Sorry? Yeah, just about 30 years. Um, So, so anyway, so this is one of the, the times when, again, Paul should have said, okay, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Well, I can't do that. I would be a hypocrite. If I was to pay for sacrificial offerings, um, so that is one of the one of those things that we um, we end up uh, spotting there, right? That was just worth stopping for a second, just discussing about it. Um, so let me think. Let me get my notes straight here. Um, Well, so I offer to you that Paul never went against the commands of God. Paul never went against the law of God, as he was a, as he calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? A son of a Pharisee. So he's, in his argument, he says that he has never violated the Torah. So hmm, with that in mind, how, how did those two fit together? right uh reading some of his letters as long as we understand as long as we understand the uh that what when we're reading his letters and, and i of course the the new testament are all his letters put together and i encourage you to read them every day uh to get closer to god to to learn his words to learn in the way in which we can be set apart, right? Live a set apart life, right? You are saved through grace. But how is it that you live a set apart life? That's where this comes into play. Now, his letters to every every congregation which he had visited address a very specific problem to that region. So I ask you to read them in context. Read them with that in mind the problems that they are having in that specific place and Yeah, you cannot read one pair one verse and then take that right because that would just create all kinds of um, Assumptions and misunderstandings you must read the whole thing Uh, So So the um, the concept here is Paul is still zealous for the Torah as well, right? Let me see where was I? Okay, so stay in line with the keep of keep in However, in regard to the Gentiles who have come to trust in in, in Yeshua, we all join join in ri- in writing them after a, a letter with our decision that they should abstain from what had been sacrificed to idols from blood from what is strangled and from fornication the next day Paul took the in, purified himself along with them and entered the temple to give notice of when the period of purification would be finished and the offering would have to be made for each for each of them the seventh day The seven days were almost up when some unbelieving Jews from the province of Asia saw him in the temple, stirred stirred up all the crowd and grabbed him. Men of Israel, help, they shouted. This is the man who goes everywhere teaching everyone things against the people, against the Torah, and against his place. And now he has even brought some Gentiles into the temple and defiled his holy place. They had previously seen him with uh, Trophimus from uh, Ephesus in, in the city, in the city with him, and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused, and the people came running from all over. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. And, and at once, the gates were shut. So then here, I mean, this is a pretty strong accusation, right? He has been teaching against God's law. He has been teaching against the temple. Um, Those are, these are, of course, false accusations, right? He will tell you that. I mean, he's uh, uh he tells you uh let me see where is it um okay so yeah in acts 24 is uh 24 14. um, uh he says that he is still in line with the commands of god but this i admit to you says i worship the god of our fathers in accordance with the way i continue to believe Everything that accords with the Torah and everything written in the prophets, he says, right? And as he's um, pleading his defense. Um, So they're falsely accusing him, much like they, very interesting that this is exactly what he was doing with Stephen, right? In chapter six, he's actually, he actually had Stephen stoned for this very thing that he's being accused of doing that's um yeah exactly um also yeshua being falsely accused of the same things um so our savior is also being being put on trial for these accusations as well uh that is one of those things that yeah that should weigh heavily on you right as as he's trying to defend himself. <clears throat> uh, Peter says that, yeah, uh, as time goes by and people read his letters, um, or, uh, yeah, he's telling people that, um, he, well, I, I guess he issues a warning saying um, that Paul is difficult to understand Uh, in the words there can be easily twisted in those who are not familiar with where he's getting those words from um, they can be led into lawlessness so um, I caution you to understand who Peter is I'm sorry who Paul is His upbringing, his stance, and what he was actually doing in regards to bringing all the nations to God's kingdom through our Messiah, Yeshua, and how he was going about doing that, right? God cannot contradict himself. God cannot be separated. God cannot be false, right? His word is truth and will always lead you to the truth, right? That's, um, <clears throat> that's what uh, Ezekiel says in chapter 36. That the Spirit will always lead you um, to the truth, uh, not lead us away from it. So not only that, but also as we look in uh, Numbers 15, it says that there's one law for the israelite and one law for the foreigner living among you only one there are not theirs and ours It's just one in our messiah plays a very very uh, specific and amazing uh part in all of this but he cannot contradict himself that is not the word of god um, So the um, yeah uh, another thing that that I was um, that I came upon as I was reading this is that uh, in Deuteronomy 12 it says, "Do not add nor take away from God's word right Had Paul been preaching and teaching against the law of God then he's adding or taking away from God's word which would make him a false prophet I submit to you that our savior Stephen and Paul were not false prophets that's one of um, so if you don't understand um, the words that you're reading the letters that you're reading to a certain congregation, ask you to please pray about it. And if you still don't understand them, fast and then read them. God will make it clear to you. Ask God for understanding and discernment and he will give it to you. Um, unfortunately, the separation between the Jews and Christians started happening very early in our faith. and. Many of very uh, reputable uh, people that were pivotal in, in, in the the way in which we went from the first century on had extremely negative things to say. And some of them, I was actually surprised when I was reading, some of them actually say that unfortunately the disciples had to... Uh, Tell little tiny white lies in order to start peeling away from God's law and then going on to grace, and I mean that is false, of course, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but so that's um. That was one of uh, my, one of my uh, final points was that James and there are only three options, right? James and Paul were either lying to you or they were like maybe twisting the truth a little or they were actually telling you the truth and you're just not understanding it, right? Um, so, as you read through uh, through the Book of Acts and to the rest of the the um, the books on the New Testament, please keep this in mind. Ask for understanding, wisdom, and discernment, and God will give it to you. Um, I leave you with yet one one last uh, bit of information that I want you guys to do your homework on. So the elephant in the room is what? The sacrifices they're still alive and well 30 years after our messiah climbed into heaven. So how is that possible? Any insights?
2: the <laughs> the
0: well but did they not get the memo that they were done away with oh is that what it is ok huh. all right. pray about it it all starts with Deuteronomy 24 Jeremiah 3 Numbers 15 and Romans 7 there we go I'll I'll leave you there, and then you guys can start just putting all the pieces together. That is pretty much all I have for you. Wow, look at that, exactly at 12.30. Uh, I'll open up for questions. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay, uh say, say it anything a little louder. If a I mean if a woman can be a husband Anna spent her
1: husband all those
0: years in the temple praying, and that was her whole life. We don't know. Yeah. It does not tell us that. Yeah, there, there are um a few confirmed Nazarite vows, Naturai vows, right, that were that they are very clear in the scriptures. Samuel the prophet, uh, Samson, uh, John the Baptist. And there's one more, maybe. Mm, I'll get back to you on that one. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't tell us. The, the scriptures do not tell us that. I mean, um. Any, any insights into that? No? Oh, thank you. Yes? Jason, what's up? Oh, I think we're done. Yeah, go ahead. Observations. Obviously, there was a agenda when they arrived, there wasn't enough
2: time when they arrived. His message is undermining Status quo. Um, second. Uh, it just—it just tells me, you know, with everything, this is how my mentality works. People are not listening and, and examining things. They're just like, oh, you got to get riled up because, you know, there's some salacious rumor going. On. Yeah. And then, um, but I would ask the question. I would ask though, so is like something I'm trying to understand is like, how does? How does Yeshua's
0: crucifixion integrate into understanding the sacrificial? So how do they how do they meet? Ooh. Okay. Like I said twenty one through Leviticus one through six, Numbers fifteen, twenty five. Um Deuteronomy twenty four. Um so s start looking looking at this and the reason why it is that the crucifixion and the resurrection had to happen the way they did. It is isn't an amazing journey that will enrich your life in no other way. If you if you start if you begin at Deuteronomy twenty four and go from there, um, and it's it's a wedding feast. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could not have done away with the loss of God. He could not have done away with the sacrificial system, right? But there was a one that was not. The the blood of bulls has never washed away sin. Just covered it. it. So it is not until Yeshua's perfect sacrifice that that was done away with, right? Um, Numbers 15.25 says that Um, Let me see, so I don't misquote it here. I actually have to be right there. Oh, I'm sorry, Numbers 15.30. But an individual who does something wrong intentionally, whether a citizen or a foreigner is blaspheming against God, that person will be cut off from his people because he has had contempt for the word of God and has disobeyed his command that person will be cut off completely his offense will remain with him so that i mean we could i mean we could sit here and talk about all that for another 2 hours but yeah it is it is there where the journey begins yeah
2: Some people will say that they're not necessarily liars or hypocrites, but they're kind of, they're trying to witness to the Jews, and so they go through all that rigmarole and spend, you know, 10 grand in hopes to win the Jews to Messiah, but they don't really believe that you have to do all that. What, what would you say to that?
0: <sighs> okay, so yeah. why... What's the reason that a lot of Jews will not accept their Jewish Messiah? I'm sorry? No, because the Messiah cannot contradict the word of God. As it is presented to them, him having done away with the word of God is contradicting himself. So that in itself, does not pass the Deuteronomy 13 test. And, it, and I offer to you that, that you know that is not what he came to do. But we the way we present it is such that they go on the defensive and say, no, the Messiah could not have contradicted ever the word of God nor changed it.
1: Actually, I have heard just the opposite said that the very fact that Paul willingly went, spent all this money,
0: mm-hmm. went
1: with them, and himself undertook the Nazarite vow, showed that he was a total agreement yeah. with the system, yeah. that he was a part of it, and had never divorced himself from it. Well, in he, other places, he says, places, that, yeah. he says yeah. God forbid. Yeah, he,
0: he be, says that on a, when he's defending himself. The
1: other so other um, in the Bible study, Hayasod, Yep. first Fruits Design Team, yep. they had, it, yep. well, we taught it years ago when mm-hmm. it was a teach thing, and um, two weeks of that course was devoted to Paul the Misunderstood, and it was explaining all of these things that the people that translated, did things in the translation, that were you know, had an anti-Semitic view
2: mm-hmm. or
1: whatever, and translated it to say that Paul did this and Paul did that, or went against the law when in fact that wasn't the case at all.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it muddied the water for a lot of people. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, yes. Okay. Oh, yes, ma'am. So if you're a new believer and you decide like, you want to honor God's law, where
1: do you go about starting? Because I just remember being a new believer back when I was in church and they
0: I have the perfect answer. Yeah. Genesis 1-1. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so if you're going to think about it, right? And let's put it in terms that most people can understand, you know, very simply. When you're that guy that walks into the room in the last 15 minutes of the movie, and you like, who's that guy? I- I- I'll be quiet. Wait what's his role here? What is he doing? You know, you're you're that guy asking all these questions, right? Well, that is what happens when you start reading from John on. If you don't read from the very beginning of the book, from beginning to end, God's word is truth. God's word cannot contradict itself, and God's word is true from beginning to end. I challenge anyone to prove me wrong on that one. It's it, it uh his word will always lead you back to truth to light and it's uh, the only way in which you can understand the fullness of it is if you start at Genesis 1 1 and go all the way to the very end of the of the books yes well,
1: now issues, I, the over and over, I learned God when I read the New Testament, I read it with a totally different eye because if I knew God's character and I knew God that these men do, you know, the call letters, he did not contradict the creator of the universe. So, you know, my thinking had to change. So, I think if once you read the paper scriptures and not over define God's character, it would change the way you read the New Testament. Like
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In- That's what we should do, right? We should always read the New Testament in light of the Old Testament. All right. So. Okay. Ready. There you go.
2: Good job. Oh. Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Oh yes. I just wanted to say one of the words that we're missing the interpretation
1: of the law. And when it's spoken by Paul and by the ones that were accusing him, they were accusing it too using it two different ways. Because God was
0: talking about Paul was talking about God's law yeah oof yeah you absolutely yeah unfortunately what we get is nomos right in the greek um but you're right it's the torah mixed with certain traditions and never and, and uh and everything else that follow eventually became what is known as halakha which is like one big bundle right kind of like what we know right now as christianity right We 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 take everything and some things we still don't know where they came from. Some things are, are the word of God. And that's what the, what he was having at that at that time, yeah. But also the big issue with circumcision of Gentiles and so Oof. You know, all those how to be circumcised to come in, you know, and become Jews. So you have to know all that's going on. So, oh boy, yeah. 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 That's a, a another topic for another day, for sure. Yeah, the circumcision. That's. How did Gabe uh, teach teach that one? Was <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes.
2: The circumcision the Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's. That is just it, you know, just, yeah, they're worried about someone's physical appearance rather than the circumcision of the heart, which should happen first. Yeah, a physical modification to your body, you know, it's nothing if you're not circumcising the heart first. Um, Yeah, yes.
2: I was going to ask if they can bring some bread up here, but also to add to that, you have to conclude... Whether Jesus is liar, lunatic, or a he's lord. Yes, exactly. Oh that C.S. Lewis Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I have a question. So regarding James and Paul and the law uh regarding the law after Jesus came. So are you telling us that James and Paul were
0: that is exactly what I'm telling you.